dreams. What's going on? It's Jayless from Nick of Time Show here giving you that Nick's talk just in a nick of time. And it's time to bring my man back. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G is in the building. That's right, he's in the building, man. We are back giving you that Knicks talk. And we're going to give you part two of our building a contender using the Miami Heat blueprint. Yes. We, talk, we talked about it last week. We talked about what RJ Barrett had to do to transform his game into a Jimmy Butler-esque game. The steps, the steps that Mitchell Robinson had to make for him to emulate Bam Amabayo and what we thought was possible or wasn't possible for him to emulate. And we talked about Goran Dragic and his role with the Heat and what players we can bring in to mimic what he's done. And for the rest of the show, we're going to expound on that and talk about some of the other players that, um, that contributed on this Heat team and figure out hey, can we bring somebody to this Knicks squad that can kind of copy or emulate what they did for the Knicks, thereby kind of having us be kind of like sort of like the Dollar Tree, Miami Heat sort of similar. But better maybe if we do it the right way. But if we do it the right way, could be better. That's that's the goal. The goal is to beat them. Most definitely. The goal is to beat everybody. All right, so we'll get into that. But before we get into that, there's been some interesting Knicks news, Knicks tidbits that's been hitting your head top. First and foremost, you got to talk about the Chris Paul thing, man, because it's been rumored. I think Scoot B was the first to say that there was a deal offer on the table that can send uh, Chris Paul to the Knicks. And now I'm hearing... That is rumored that Chris Paul either wants to go to New York or the Los Angeles Lakers. Which is it's interesting to say the least. It's interesting, it's interesting to say the least that those are his two options because those are two vastly completely different directions to go. One is a rebuilding team and one is like an instant chip. Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... What do you think about that? I think we talked about this to death, but yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on the on the side of fence where I do not want to give up too much for Chris Paul. Uh huh. Um, I don't like he, his contract is so big that I don't want to be attaching a, a bunch of young players and picks for a guy who can pretty much break down in a year or two. But um, you know, he's vegan now, so who knows, right? <laughs> 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 he's has he, he's actually been healthy the first time last year, for, first time in a long time. Who knows if that can continue? But um, maybe if it's the right deal, I can think about it. Cause you know, at the end of the day, you can trade, you can you know, help actualize the game of R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Franklin Lakina, and Kevin Knox. But uh, if some of those guys are included in the trade then it kind of defeats the purpose of bringing here because we want him here to bring up players like Frank Lakina and Kevin Knox and teach them how to be on the floor. But if they're included in the deal, then it defeats the purpose. So 
There you have it. <laughs> Anything to add, Ryan? It seems like you're just over it. <laughs> I mean, uh, the only thing I'm going to really add to that is that I, I just think that because first it was reported that the Knicks are willing to trade for a player that got a lot of money left in his contract, first and foremost. And I think from that, things just been boiling up, you know, in the rumor market about the Knicks going after, you know, players that have a lot of money left in their contracts and things of that nature. And I'm pretty much on the same page as you. Like, the only way I would accept the Chris Paul trade is if the Knicks aren't giving up much. But then I think about the team that he's on OKC and how they run their organization. Like, OKC is used to... Especially with Sam Presti as their GM. They used to beating teams over the head in trades. Exactly. It's like, look what they did to the Clippers, you know, when they traded away Paul George. And look at the, and look at the return they got. It's crazy. So, I mean. How many more picks do you need, son? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, to me, it's like, would I like Chris Paul here? Sure, he's a good player. I mean, he's one of the best point guards to ever play the game. He could definitely teach Frank Nilekin a thing or two. Any of our young point guards that are here, he could teach them a thing or two. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I'm like, you know, I, don't, I really don't want to give up a boatload for him. You know what I mean? And then and then on top of that, I'm like, my man wants to go to either New York or L.A. It sounds to me like my man trying to go on vacation. You know uh, what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like more business than anything. I feel exactly. Like yeah, so it sounds like my man want to go on vacation. So... Right. Yeah, I mean, as long as the Knicks aren't giving up a whole boatload, I'll accept Chris Paul here. But if they're giving up mad picks along with mad young players, I'm like, nah, I'm I'm good. Yeah. And, and let me touch on the subject that you talked about, because it also has been rumored that the Knicks are willing to take on extra salary. And that's been reported, right? But yeah, here's the thing about taking on extra salary. The point of a team with an abundance of cap space, taking on extra salary is a pick is usually attached <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to compensate that team for taking on such salary. Now, if we're taking on extra salary and giving up picks, you're, we, we kind of, what, what is the term? We hustling backwards, Ryan. Like that's not the yeah. way it's supposed to go. You know what I mean? It's definitely not. <laughs> that's the, so, um, yeah, that, that's not what I had in mind or Knicks fans had in mind when we talk about taking extra salary. You're taking extra salary to get more picks to then use that pick to either draft somebody important or put that into a package to, to trade for a superstar to bring back to the Knicks when we're able to, you know, yep. get over. That's the, that's the whole point of that. But what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? And, and I mean, look at it. I mean, if you look at it too, OKC got mad picks as it is. So I'm like, I can't see why OKC. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, I can't see why OKC won't you know can't be willing to just give up, give us you know one or two picks to take Chris Paul's contract. Like, sure, why not? And we'll give you like maybe one or two young players say. a return or whatever. I but I know who you're gonna say. I already know who you. I already know who you hate, but we're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna mention that man. Gonna, Kenny Payne gonna get him right. All right. I I, I hope so because I mean I'm looking at all these Kentucky players all across the NBA and I'm like, yo, how come how come it seems like we ended up with the trash? I don't understand. Oh, bro. You know what? Moving on. Moving on. Before we disrespect my team. All right. 
You got one more year, Kevin. Moving on. All right. <laughs> In other news. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got I to do the single cam. Hold on. All right. It's been reported. It's been reported, guys. That Kira Lewis has had dinner with the Knicks. I repeat, Kira Lewis has had dinner with the Knicks. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. We are having dinner. We had dinner with Kira Lewis. It looks like it might be serious, man. I don't know. This looks this looks good to me, man. It looks like it could happen. You already know how I feel about Kira. Like, I know you don't feel the same way I do, but you know how I feel, man. This guy, <laughs> he might he, he might be the, the, the prayer, man. He might be it. I'm not saying he's the savior, but he, I think he might be the pick. I, I'm, ex I'm just excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I, I feel the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know there's guys here who want LaMelo and, you know, killing, but I, I personally feel like you know, we talked about um, Malachi Flynn joining the Knicks, and mm -hmm. I like him as well. And I, and I think he'll fit in nicely, depending on else who we have. But to me, still, Kerry Lewis can, you know, create offense with his speed. He's not an elite passer, but it's still a good passer. And the, the also the thing is, he just started playing basketball at 17. That's crazy. And when you see the jump he's made from 17 to 18 to 19, and even within the season, how his passing has progressed, some, and the way he studies film on his own without the coaches telling him to, and the way he's in the gym, and like to me, I just feel, I have a good feeling, man. That's all I have to say. I just have a, I have a good feeling. When, when you have the athleticism and you also have the work ethic, mm -hmm. I mean, he doesn't have the height. But I think with the correct teaching, which we have, you know, Kenny Payne's and, and Tom Thibodeau's, I think, I think this might be a move. I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. And he can shoot. He can shoot. He's not, a, he's not Ty, Tyrell Terry shooting, but he can pass way better than Tyrell Terry. I'll tell you that. <laughs> For a, sorry, sorry, Terry fans out there. <laughs> Anything else to add to that, Ryan? I mean, hey, I mean... All that says is that the Knicks are considering to draft him, and mm -hmm. he's gonna he's gonna probably be available at number eight. So that doesn't surprise me, right? I mean, I still would prefer Killian Hayes over him. I mean, clearly I would prefer Lamelo, but Lamelo's you know obviously he's not you know a viable choice at number eight. He's gonna probably go top three. So well, well. I, I I mean I'm there's there's rumors going around saying that Lamel's messing up you know interviews because he's trying to drop to either the Knicks or Detroit but <laughs> I mean that remains to be seen though I mean I doubt like six seventeen is gonna pass up on him you know what mm. I mean so well Ryan well Ryan you know what this segues into our next bit of news it's been reported by Ian. Begley, I beg to differ, Ian Begley, that the Golden State Warriors are looking to trade down in the 8 to 10 range. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> so if that's the case, Ryan's dream of having the metal ball on the Knicks might just be in the grass. The only thing is, what cost? Yeah, that's the thing, the cost. Because you know they're looking at Mitch like, like, like you know, chopped cheese. You know, you know that, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're they, they looking for a big man. They're looking for a big man. So you know they're looking at Mitch like chopped cheese. You know yep. that's the first call they got to make. So is it worth it? 
Cure anybody. Cure Killian. Cure. That's a tough call, man. Like, you don't want to get rid of Mitch. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to get rid of Mitch. I like. I'll, I'll give them Julius Randle. Like, yo, y'all could take Julius Randle. Like, my Come man averaging, my man averaging like nineteen a game. He can definitely add some scoring go to that Warriors team. You can just put him in the middle, and then you can just surround him with shooters. You know what I mean? It, it will work out, Warriors. It will work out. Yeah, yeah. Pitch that to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see how that roll. Word. Yeah, yeah. Me out. How about y'all numbers? You uh, number pick for Julius Randle? Yeah, yeah. Pitch, pitch that to them and see what happens. Exactly. See how fast they hang up on you. All right. We're <laughs> 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 sorry. It's like, man, this connection is bad from in Cala. Okay. Word. <laughs> I mean, they draft good. We we can throw in the Clippers pick or whatnot. The Clippers pick. All right. Yeah, that's the sweetener there, buddy. Clippers pick. All right. Deal. Julius Randle with the Clippers pick. Exactly yeah. for that number two pick. Like, oh yeah. Word. Yeah, you're fired. Whoever that GM is, that deal. <laughs> Golden State is fired. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> they, 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 they said already they got what? They got Steph Curry. They got Clay Thompson. They got Draymond Green. They got um Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, y'all straight. Yeah, give, give, sure. us a, give, give us a bargain deal. A bargain deal. What the hell? <laughs> this is Canal Street? What, what are you saying, bro? <laughs> give us a bargain deal. <laughs> Oh man, you uh, tried it though. You tried it. Hey man, yeah, it is what it is. It, it is what it is. All right, all right, cool. Now we, we we've done our rapid fire Knicks news segment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to what we're talking about: is building the New York Knicks, the Miami Heat blueprint. All right. So we left off t- talking about. We left off giving us giving you guys like a Goran Dragic. Uh, Goran Dragic comps. Um, we talk about possibly getting Van Fleet here, uh, uh, Malachi Flynn, uh, DJ Augustine. If you haven't checked that episode out, definitely check that episode out from the last time. But um, there's another player on this team that is a huge re- reason for their success. And you feel like these types of players are on every team. And this is something pretty doable. Like when it comes to the offseason for the Knicks, this probably might be. I feel like this position might be, you know, the best position where we can't where we have the probability of, of of striking gold, right? And to me, that's the shooting guard position. Because right now, the Miami Heat, right? Even though Duncan Robinson kind of got shut down half of the playoffs but you know his first year you know how it goes he's, mm-hmm. well not first year but you know he, he's still he's still growing into his own but Duncan Robinson he's he's a guy he's a movement shooter who, a guy who he won the NBA championship team movement three point not down shooter average 13.5 points a game 3.2 rebounds 1.4 assists shooting 47% from the field 44% from three yeesh yeesh flamethrower yup and the crazy part about Duncan Robinson is he's able to shoot these numbers while giving you 8.3 attempts a game, which is 8.3 three-point attempts a game, which is high. It's something we desperately needed on the Knicks. I know our team, we desperately tried to do that last year, and it didn't work out, but uh, it definitely worked out for Miami Heat. Now, 
You're looking at, you dig into Duncan Robinson's stats, 99th percentile among wings and points scored per shot. Ninety-nine percent. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, I mean, clearly that's the case because all my all my guy does is shoot threes. So I mean, that's it. Ninety-nine <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah, ninety-nine percent talent. All threes as well, man. And the thing that you like about his game too is he has a quick release. Yes, and, and um, he's also really good at sh- movement. He, he he, the Heat in general are really adept at cutting and reconvening and finding the open space. And Duncan Robinson in particular is really good at going off the screens, um, scoring up to the basket off those screens and shooting quickly off the release and doing it with accuracy. So we are looking for a player in free agency or or the draft that can kind of fill those needs. That's, that's the whole point of this whole experiment. Now, the cons are, you know, mid-range is not that that good. The defense is non-existent. So you can also see from that heat, mm-hmm. um, that heat-Lakers matchup, they kind of exploited his bad defense. And sometimes, you know, when you ran him off that three-point line, he had some problems. So, um, I know who I... It's an obvious choice. I think a lot of Knicks fans have him over here who, who can fill in those shoes. That's a free agent. And I don't know. Do you want me to ask you first? Who do you feel can fill that, that, that void? Or do you want me to just go? Well, I think for me, like, I've been thinking about this. And I know there's a couple of players that we've mentioned. Like, well, we haven't mentioned them yet. But, like, you know, going through the notes or whatnot that, you know, you compiled. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through the list, and you know, I see Joe Harris. Yeah. Um. Also, Nesbitt, the guy from um college, was at Vanderbilt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Reggie Bullock. You know, Damian Dotson, all guys that you know can fill in that role. But I think the one that's most interesting to me, honestly, is Nesbitt, the dude from Vanderbilt, because I, I like I feel like because I watched some of his highlights. You know, trying to, you know, get a feel of the type of player he is. And it's just the fact that, you know, the dude's a sharpshooter. He's he basically he's basically like a Duncan Robinson clone. Like Yes. Yeah. Pretty pretty much all the guy does is like move off screens and shoot off the move. <laughs> and he and he shoots a crazy percentage from three in college. Was it over fifty over fifty percent? Yeah. Over yeah. 50. <laughs> And then on top of that, like, even though he's not a great defender like Duncan Robinson, but just the fact that he has a 6'10 wingspan, it leads me to believe that if he could just get some coaches to, you know, have him focus a bit more on defense. Right. I, f- I feel like as if he could, he could possibly become a three and a possible 3 and D player in the future. It, it's, but it's going to depend on his motor on defense. Like, I don't know if his motor is, I don't know, like, if you can get him to, you know, have a higher motor on defense because usually people are just born with that. Mm-hmm. But when I look when I look at it, when I look at that and I look at the measurables, I'm like, this dude's a pretty much a Duncan Robinson clone. And if the Knicks can find somewhere to draft the dude, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. Like, I think I think I would rock with it. Uh, the dude fills a major void with the Knicks, which is shooting. Exactly. Now here's the thing too: is like if you're going by if you're if you're going if you're doing like a value pick. Dollar Tree Heat thing It's very mm-hmm. possible For us to Draft Mal- Mal- Malachi Flynn And Neesmith And still have money To fill the rest of our roster Because you yeah. know 
It's, that's very possible to do. And that will definitely be like a, some Dollar Tree Miami Heat stuff for, for real, for real. <laughs> Word. <laughs> <laughs> like, really. But um, as you're saying, like, for our scene is the, even though his defense, his one-on-one defense isn't good. And I think it's a technique thing. Because he's they're saying like he's flat footed on on the defensive end, but mm-hmm. his team defense is still good, and he had some crazy, nasty chase down blocks too. Yeah, from behind that six two wingspan is being put to you. So, I if it's a technique thing, I I would think that Tom Thibodeau and those guys can get that out of him mm-hmm. if he is a willing participant and 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 like you said, wants wants to learn. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's definitely to me he's a he's a Duncan Robinson clone with a better defensive upside. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, when we talk about the Dollar Tree Heat, this can be like Duncan Hob- Duncan Robinson squared. Like, Word. like because even as bad as the defense he has, he's just still been able to you know play the passing lanes and average one point four steals. Yeah. You know. Duncan Robinson is not stealing the ball. <laughs> Duncan Robinson is not is not even sniffing that. He he's not at all. So Neesmith to me is um I think has a ch- a chance. He has definitely has a chance. Now, like Robinson, he's not, you know, explosive at all. Mm-hmm. Don't don't look for him to do that. Uh not a passer at all. Well, clearly. <laughs> yeah, t- tends to get a little bit of tunnel vision. Um and but you know there's something there. There's definitely something there that the Knicks can use, and him. The all young, all young squad team, Malachi Flynn, Neesmith, RJ, a power forward that we're not going to mention yet, <laughs> and and Mitchell Robinson. You know that spacing, that shooting. You know that's that's that's. That's Blue Lake Heat right there. And Word. <laughs> that's pretty much that's Dollar Tree Heat right there. And money to spend for to fill out a roster. If yep. you if you want to go that direction. If you want to go that direction. I'm still Team Kira, but you know, if you want to go that direction. <laughs> <laughs> now the other team or the other person that to me that stands out is going to cost some done some money. But He's just a safe pick, man. He's just a if we can get him here, which would which would be awesome, and it's also kind of sticking it to our rivals a little bit. Yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe Harris. You know, he's averaging fourteen point five points a game, forty eight percent field goal percentage, um, forty two percent from three, five point nine attempts. Not bad. Yeah. Um, a better passer than Duncan Robinson. Um. A little bit better finisher than Duncan Robinson as well. He, he's he's worked on that part of his game. Also, like Robinson, he's a guy who has a motor. He's going to run around and so he's that annoying guy at the park <laughs> <laughs> that you have to be in shape to cover because he's just gonna keep running, and yeah, running you through screens. I, I think there was a, a stat that said he's ninth. Like he's ninth in distance traveled in the NBA per game because he just keeps running. Ninety-two <laughs> percent tile in corner threes, and we all know that as of this point, uh, Tom Thibodeau wants to prioritize corner threes, and 
there's not really a lot of players on our team that can actually hit that corner three at a high clip. With the exception, exception strangely, of, of Franklin Lakina, who's in like the 90th percentile in the corner three, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> Compared to the other guys who's supposed to be three-point snipers on our team and they can't hit that corner three, Franklin Lakina is in the 90th percent. That's crazy. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> but Joe Harris, to me, is an obvious choice. And the thing about Joe Harris is it might, it might take some bread to get him. Um, I can definitely see Brooklyn losing him. It's going to be because, you know, they got some financial decisions to make. But um, I, I also feel like, you know, a lot of teams could be interested in having him. So if we if he's able to lead, if it might take 15 million, 16 million for the Knicks to steal him from the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets, which I'm cool with. Yeah. I'm definitely cool with that. Uh, once you get to the 17 million, though, it gets a little bit tricky. It gets a little bit tricky. Because, uh, you know, he says he wants to stay, but you know how that goes. When you're around 27, 28 years old, which which Joe is, sometimes that back speaks. Yeah. It might be like your last time to get that dough. So you never know. Zach, you got to chase that bread. You got to chase that brizzy. <laughs> okay, so you know, Ryan, we we tried to get our our guy who's going to shoot us into the game before, and it just hasn't worked out. Um, we've got Wayne Ellington here, who I don't think I'm I'm kind of done with that. Yeah. Um, we have my guy Dame Free Dot. Got we have yeah, my guy Free, Free Dot, Dot. Yes, sir. Who got shafted? As as it, much as it pains me. I feel like the Knicks are going to go in another direction just because of the cap space and the options that we have available to us. And it's just that, you know, as good as I feel like he can be because I, he he went on a rampage right before he got injured where he was shooting 40% from three for like a month, got injured, and never saw the light today again. Mm-hmm. And, and that was probably because of Scott Perry or somebody else is doing up top why he never saw the floor after that. But I feel like it was a missed opportunity to see if he can actually fill that role long term. But um, especially because, you know, Damian Dotson, he wasn't hitting the, the shot at the clip that Duncan Robinson was. But he still, when you look at dig into the numbers, he's an elite uh, mid-range game, which is, is pretty crazy. Um, he's hit 54% of his dribble handoffs, which is like top 20th in the league. And it just... And even though he did, his mechanics on his shot, like he seems like he balances and squares up really quickly. He cuts really hard like Duncan Robinson and he's improved his finishing. So I, I felt like if Damian Dotson eventually got more consistent time, he might, we might've been able to see him mature into that role, but I'm not sure what the Knicks are going to do with Damian Dotson at this point. Yeah. Especially considering the options that are available in free agency. Um, at this point, I can see Reggie Bullock even getting a chance to do it. Even though, even at Reggie's best, I don't see him filling out that Duncan Robinson role. But maybe he can at least be a Duncan off the bench, bare minimum. Yeah. Because <laughs> 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 like he only he averaged with eighteen, what eight points, 
40% field goal percentage. Yuck. Yeah, uh, yeah he, didn't, he didn't have a productive year with the Knicks at all. Not even a little bit. But he's a career 38% from three shooters. So it was like, what in the hell happened? Like, we, I, I, mean, I know what happened. He had back injuries and never got really got to the floor of the game. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Reggie Bullock is, one, he's cheap as hell. Yeah. Only making, I think, a few million dollars, which means the Knicks most likely will not trade him unless he's part of a trade package for Chris Paul or something because he's just beat. Or maybe even a package halfway during the season. <laughs> and also, he's scored, he's had three-point attempts. He's shot well from three so many other times beside this year. That it, that makes me believe that his bad performance last year is a fluke, to be honest with you. It could be. We'll have to give him another year to see if that's the case or not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, he's had high three-point attempts in several other years and still shot 38% from three at 6.5 attempts a game, which is pretty good. Uh, The only thing with him is he's never really shot good from the corner three, which is something that Tom Thibodeau wants. But he's only shot uh, 7%, only a 7th percentile from three last year and never really shot well from that corner three point in general. So, Hmm. from that aspect, aspect alone it might be worth getting a guy in here like Joe Harris who I know is going to hit that corner three like Tom Thibodeau once but uh, still at the end of the day um, I think Reggie Bullock can get back to that point where he's an elite three point shooter I mean he's 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 the only one on the roster who has actually at one point been in that 99th percentile among shooting guards and uh, point scored um, and points scored in general. He's o- he's the only one who's kind of sniffed that at least one time in his career. Yeah. So I think last year might be a fluke for him. If if he's given a chance, I think he might get something close to that again. But I'm I would still be more comfortable getting uh, a Joe Smith here, a Joe Harris here. I mean, mm-hmm. or even Lee Smith. I, I like the prospect of having Lee Smith here. It, it means giving up Kira though, which which makes me go, Ugh. but <laughs> <laughs> unless we trade some other pieces for Neesmith that we might not need anymore, like you know Dennis Smith Jr. or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> I like that prospect. I like I like I like Joe. I'm going with Joe Harris personally. I'm going with the rookie. Going with the rookie. All right. Yeah, because you know I'm I'm trying to get great value. So I mean you know. Getting a rookie would be great value. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so compared to how you look at it, you can go Van Fleet, mm-hmm. Nee Smith, RJ, Power Forward Mitch. Go that route. Mm-hmm. You can go Malachi, Joe Harris, RJ, Power Forward Mitch. You can you, you can mix a match. You can mix a yeah, match. Yeah, mix a match. Yep. Yo, put put together your out of the guys we mentioned. Put together your best team and see and see how that works out for you and your star five. Put that in the chat. Put that in the comments on YouTube below. Yeah, when, especially once we get to the power fours. Let me know what you think. Exactly. All right. Now, time to talk about the power fours. Now, I'm not gonna lie, Ryan. This is the tricky part of the of the team building process for me, because the Heat were able to grab G Crowder at a certain point. Yep, trade with the Grizzlies, I believe. Exactly. And what that did was gave them a big man who can A, shoot threes at a high clip and B, defend. 
Yeah. Jay Crowder averaged 11.9 points a game, 5.4 rebounds a game, 1.3 steals, and shot 44% from three. Was pretty good uh, volume shooter. As you can see, 6.4, 43 points a game. And it's invaluable. It's invaluable in the NBA to have a guy who can play defense and shoot threes at the power four positions because you just... It's, it's, it's so versatile. You spread the floor and you don't lose a step. That's something that you really would love. Yeah, and the thing with Jay Crowder, too, is that he had some big shots for them in the playoffs as well. There was a couple games when he was on fire that that helped propel the heat to um to where you they were, they were, they were able to make the finals and things like that. So Jay right. Crowder proved to be you know a viable piece for them in the playoffs. Unfortunately... There's not really that type of player in the free agent market, really, to me. Unless you're going to sign Jerry Crowder himself. <laughs> exactly. Unless you're going to sign free agent Jerry Crowder himself. I mean, come on. That solves that problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, hey, like, uh, they hate they're in a situation, too, where they are going to want to um, try to get another first option. So who knows what's going to happen with that? They might try. And because, you know, they're trying to find another option or a second option, sometimes role players like Jay Crowder or like Goran Dragic will be sacrificed. So who knows? <clears throat> Those guys might be an option as well. Right? But as we're looking at the list of power forwards available, what we have are pretty good power forwards who are Good at defense and okay at shooting threes. You know? Yeah. Which is why I'm worried about the okay at shooting threes part is because we've already had somebody who was okay at shooting threes. And we gave him a, a little bit of a bag and then he got here and then he regressed. And that somebody is Julius Randle. <sighs> Julius. Yeah, because if you looked at Julius Randle's numbers the years before, everything pointed to Randle improving his three-point shot year to year to year. When he got here, that took a nosedive. So now it's like you're worried. If you're a big man who can't shoot threes or a guy who shoots threes, you know, or a guy who's just a shooter, it's a difference to me. All right? So... Bear with me. So first on the list of big men that could be a viable option is, you know, some some somebody that Knicks fans are, you know, looking at is a Jeremy Grant. Average 12 points a game, 47% from the field, 38% from three, which is pretty good. Now, the yeah. good thing about him is the defense is so good that you can think about Grant mixed with Mitch. And even sometimes Frank, if he gets in as a backup, and you can see the defensive tandem there going to town and shutting people down. Now, the bad news is, like, again, the three-point shot is good. He's able to hit it at three-point. He's able to hit it at a good clip, but he doesn't shoot a lot of threes. He's not a high volume shooter. So you wonder if you can keep that up, and hopefully he can. 
Yeah. And he's done it. He shot pretty well from three for the previous for two seasons in a row. So hopefully that's an indicator that he can keep that up at the next level. I mean, if he comes to the Knicks. But we're not sure if that can happen. Yeah, and to add on to Jeremy Grant as well, um, I think he's an intriguing prospect because I watched him with the Nuggets, especially in the playoffs, and he performed pretty well. Like on defense, right. he was he was very active, guarding his man. He's very active on the boards as well. I mean, I mean, he could be a better rebounder, but he, you know, he's just active defensively, and I just like the fact that he's improved his three-point percentage and things of that nature. And I feel like inserting a player like that on the Knicks would be, you know, very beneficial. And I feel like the reason why, you know, he wasn't jacking up threes like that is because you have Jamal Murray, you have Jokic, you know, you have other players on the Nuggets that are primary scores. So he took a secondary role. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like if he comes to a team like the Knicks, like where there's not really a dominant player like Jokic and Murray, I feel like his volume is going to go up just just based off of that alone. I I don't know. I don't I don't see that. I don't see that from like unless he's like making moves off the dribble or something. Like I feel like it's going to be a spot up shooter, pick and roll, roll mm-hmm. man situation for him more like a second third not even second maybe like third fourth option really yeah i don't i don't third or fourth option i don't really see him increasing his volume that much it's not like you know he's 12 points a game you know mm-hmm. 12 points a game <laughs> yeah but I, but sometimes i think it's, it's due to the quality that surrounds you as well you know because if you have two players who are like like two alphas like murray and Jokic, it's like there's not going to be much, you know, much shots for you just based off that. But I mean, if you come to a team like the Knicks where there's going to be more opportunities to shoot the ball. And it, I mean, it depends on your personnel as well, because if you bring if you bring in a point guard that can also break down defenses and things of that nature, I feel like his shot attempts will go up. But I don't know. That's that's me, though. That's that's my opinion anyway. Right. And the other part of that is how much is he going to cost as well? Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what the price tag would be for us for, for Jeremy Grant. It'd probably be somewhere around like the 60 something million range for four years or so, which uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, roughly. Roughly. But that's, a, that's an option. That's an option. I'm not, I like him. I like him. He, he's young. It's something I consider. It's something I consider. Yeah. It's something I consider. I really want a shooter at that that position, though. And it, it's just really hard to find a, a shooter there. So, you know, you know what, Ryan? Like, the only... It's weird because the only guy who I can see that might kind of fit a G, Jay Crowder-esque role to me... um. Call me crazy is Marcus Morris. But it's like he, the thing is with Marcus Morris, like I don't know if his defense, he has the reputation as a defender, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure if that is still there. Like when I watched Marcus Morris on the Knicks, I was screaming at the television 
a few times because, you know, I just felt like he wasn't closing out on the shooters. He wasn't, you know, digging and going back to his man. Like, he wasn't doing stuff like that. Yeah. But um, also, you know, he was playing small forward for the Knicks. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, he's a bigger guy. So maybe if we move him to power forward, maybe the defense can be a little bit more suited to his strengths, which is his actual strength. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you're like when you're looking at Marcus Morris's numbers, uh, yeah, 19.6 points per game score with the Knicks, 5.4 rebounds, 43% from three at 6.13 uh, three point attempts a game. Yeah, that's maybe that's probably the closest that we can get to a Jay Crowder. That is true on the Knicks and. He loved being in New York. I know there are people within the Knicks organization who are interested in bringing him back. That's been reported a month or two ago. It's just a matter of, is he willing to come back? And at what price range? Did he get a taste of chasing the ring? And now is that what he wants? Or is he willing to come back? And, you know, take another role and take another crack at it with the Knicks. At, yeah, and just looking at these numbers too, man. I'm looking at his 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 shooting numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, ninety seven percentile at at three point at three point at three ball, um, altogether ninety six percentile in the corner three, I mean ninety two percentile in the corner three, non corner three ninety six percentile can shoot the mid range at a high rate. He only sucked at layups, which we saw when he was on the on the team. He couldn't hit a layup for some, for nothing for research, for some reason for a stretch. <laughs> but good at everything else. So I mean, that's an option. Mm-hmm. The the biggest question mark for him would be. My vision would be to run the team through RJ a little bit more. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if he was like if they switched and he was more of a secondary, or second or third. With, but will his experience and will the coaching allow that to happen? Is the yeah, biggest the, question. Go ahead. I mean that is a question. I mean looking at Tom Thibodeau's track record, um, he's definitely not afraid to put a ball in a young player's hands. I mean, I know the thing about Tom Thibodeau is that he trusts veterans more than young players, but you right. have to remember when he was with the Bulls, the ball's in Derrick Rose's hand, and Derrick Rose was a was the youngest MVP ever under Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. And even in even in Minnesota, like he had um Carl Anthony Carl Anthony Towns, he had um Andrew Wiggins and players like that. And those players took up most of the offense with the Timberwolves as well. So I feel like Tom Thibodeau is the type of coach where it's like if he sees if he sees a young player and he feels like that young player is good enough, he's definitely gonna put the ball in that young player's hands. I just think it's up to RJ to prove that he's good enough to be that number one option on the Knicks. Exactly, and I feel like I feel like the Knicks staff in general, they're trying to build this team around RJ. It seems like they're more diligent about putting pieces that complement him around him. So I'm sure they might be taking that in consideration when they're talking about building this team. And, you know, it's also been, you know, they've also said they're looking for a stretch four. So 
who who knows? Who knows if they even see him as a stretch four at this point? But um, yeah, I to me that makes the that makes the most that's the most Jay Crowder risk comparison. So now when you're looking at the team, you can start thinking about uh whoever whoever you want, uh DJ Augustine, Joe Joe Harris, R.J. Barrett, Marcus Morris, Mitchell Robinson. You got shooting, defense. That's a that's a that's a yeah. That's, that's a or you could go Van Fleet, Neesmith, RJ, Morris, Mitch. Eh, it, 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 it can make, you see it kind of work. You see it kind of work. Yeah. And financially, I feel like that works out too financially when you really think about it. Yeah, because none of those players are going to command like huge contracts where you have to worry like, damn, you know, will we have enough money to pay all these players? Exactly, exactly. And now you can really start, okay, well, maybe I want, maybe I do want to play Van Vliet that extra money so it can be a two-way, uh, a two-way player. Maybe, so maybe I do go Van Vliet, Neesmith, Morris, because maybe we'll have the money for that now, especially if you end up moving Julius Randle. So yeah. maybe it's, it's a miss and match thing. It's a miss and match. <laughs> and and while we're on the point of two-way power forwards, I'm going to mention this guy just because he's worth being mentioned. Um, Christian Wood, another two-way guy who can play power forward, can also play a little bit of center. Average 13 points, 56% field goal percentage, 38% from three. At um, two attempts from three a game, 2.3 attempts, which is not... You know, he's not a three-point sniper. He's not the ideal fit next to Mitch, but it's one of those situations where it can go either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the pro is he's a young guy, so he can grow with the team. He, he hasn't, you know, he's been everywhere around the league, but he has a chance to, to actually prove something to himself. He's a seven-three week span. He's bouncy. He, he, he can, and he's average 24 and 10, on um, 54% shooting once Andre Drummond got traded. So you can see where he can work with the Knicks and where he can blow and blossom into a, a great NBA player. Um, he also, you know, he ranked uh, 95th percentile as a role man and 85th percentile in the spot of threes. Um, and you know what? It, it, it's just a matter of can he keep that up next to Mitch? Because... Like I mentioned before, we've had a guy in Julius Randle who skyrocketed in his numbers. Right? Yeah. And then once he got to the Knicks, it dipped off. You know, because he wasn't doing it the whole season. He was just doing it after Anthony Davis got injured. And then all of a sudden, Julius Randle is just balling, averaging close to 2010. And we expect that when he comes to the Knicks. And he kind of does, but he kind of flops at the same time. So you don't know... If that's going to if that's going to happen, if we end up signing Christian Wood, um, maybe we can sign him for fifteen to seventeen or something around that range as well, to steal him from the Detroit the Pistons. Pistons. It does seem like he wants to leave. Uh, I saw on Twitter that Pistons fans were pissed that he put on his IG. Where do you think I should go next? So <laughs> it definitely seems like he might be out of here. And he, he or could. it might just be, I'm just gonna go to the highest bidder, or that could be it too. That definitely could be it too. Any thoughts on Christian Wood that I haven't mentioned? I mean, I agree with most of what you say. Like, 
if I have to go by players who compare to Crowder, like if you're comparing the Knicks to the Heat and we're trying to make a Jay Crowder comparison, then yeah, Christian Wood doesn't really fit the comparison because he's not really a high volume three-point shooter. And I feel like he plays more inside at times. Yeah. And, and that might be a clash with Mitch. But I think, but I mean, hey, I mean, he's a good player. He's a young player. There are guys that I would rather over him. Like I would probably take, I would, I would probably take Marcus Morris over him. I probably would take Jeremy Grant over him as well. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, you know, signing Jerry Cowder straight straight out, like I would definitely take that too over him. But like he's still a young player. He's still a viable player, and he and he can only get better too. You know, so yeah. I mean, hey, the thing you know, the thing with Wood is is more possibility of being a three level scorer with Wood, man. Yeah, like there's more. Of a, there's more of a possibility of him being like an all legit offensive threat to me than um, not Marcus Morris, but um, Jeremy Grant. That's yeah. the only other thing. Cause he, another part of it is too like his he he steps on Mitch's toes a little bit, but Mitch at this point still isn't a great defensive rebounder. Mm-hmm. And having Wood next to Mitch, I would I know at least would shore that part of his game up because he is in the Christian Wood is in the seventy sixth percentile in defensive rebounding, so I can see that helping out. But um, it, it'll be a tricky fit. Yeah, it, we kind of have hoping like Julius Randle that he hits he he keeps hitting that three at that clip he he's been hitting it at. Yeah, most definitely. All right. And you know what? We, we're going to stop right there next week. The next show, we're going to finish off the tail end of our, our rebuilding the New York Knicks the Miami blueprint. And we'll talk about, you know, just, you know, some of the role players that we can talk about. Yes, sir. I could be your hero, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about you, Tyler. All right. Yeah, and, and old man Iguodala. Old man, old man River. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for one of the favorite parts of the show. The bruh picks. The bruh picks are usually the worst basketball plays of the Bruh. League. There's no basketball. But I believe my guy Ryan... Bruh man from the fifth floor. Yes, Ask sir. Some football picks. I think he asked. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, um, as you know, there's no basketball right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, sports are pretty much died down a little bit, but there's football, and I've been watching some football, and there's been some bruh picks in the NFL. Oh, here we go. <laughs> my first bruh pick. It, it, it hurts my heart to do this. It hurts my soul to do this. But Daniel Jones, quarterback of the New York Giants. Mm. Everyone who knows me knows I'm a Giants fan. But that game against the Eagles, my man was he had a wide oh he had a wide open lane and my man was gone. My man hit over 20 miles per hour. I think like 22 miles per hour running. Mm. And my man was gone. But as you know, Daniel Jones is a quarterback. Oh man. <laughs> he's he's a, he's he's not used to running that far. My yeah, man, my man ran like eight, like eighty yards, yeah. and he just start, he just started stumbling, stumbling, uh, bumbling, uh, and he fell bumbling. to the, <laughs> and he fell to the ground himself, stopped himself from getting a touchdown. Bruh. So what you're saying is the ground tackled him. 
Yeah, pretty much the ground tackled him. Nobody, nobody touched him. My man tripped over himself and fell to the ground and got touched ah, on the ground. See, man, these quarterbacks, man, yeah. Stop lifting, lifting those cheeseburgers and start getting on those treadmills and do some long distance running, man. Can't be doing Word. that. You can't. You can't. <laughs> first, first bro, hit to you, bro. Bruh. Second bro pick happened just yesterday. Javon Wims of the Chicago Bears. Now, here's how the story goes. So, the Bears are facing the Saints yesterday. Um, One of the Saints players went up to him. I think it was Gardner. And the, him and Gardner were exchanging a few words or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Gardner snatched his mouthpiece off his off his like helmet helmet guard snatched his mouthpiece <laughs> and like I guess I don't know if he threw it to the floor I mean I don't know if he threw it on the ground or whatever the case may be but that's where it all started from mm. so now a few plays later like about 10 minutes later he sees Gardner just chilling there right mm-hmm. so he goes up to him mad random like for the whole world to see because the game's taking place on tv like national tv he goes up to the dude sneaks up on him punches him in his helmet Ooh. so the first punch now this is hilarious so the first punch Garner took it right and Garner's looking there like whose man's is this because he knows he's looking right he's looking, he's looking at the ref like ref he ain't gonna call that my, this dude just hit me in my hit me in my helmet wow so then afterwards, Wims waited a little bit, backed up. Then he took another swing at him. This is hockey? Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. And then, and then after that, it, got, it went into a scuffle. None of Wims' teammates were there, but there were two other Saints players who, who came to the rescue. Mm. And when he looked, it became, it became three on one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and my man got tackled to the ground. And to make matters worse, he got ejected from the game. And now he and now he's facing a two game suspension without pay. So wait, three on one? Where's his man's? Bruh. His his man's came late. The the other Bears players came came late to try to break up the fight. But initially it was three on one. Two same players jumped in and just wow. and was, and just tackled him to the ground, yo. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That would have never happened even if Enos Cantor was there. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so Wims get a bro pick for that. Bruh. And my last bro pick just goes to the New York Jets. Lord. Dang, New York is all over this one, huh? 0-8, the only winless team in the NFL. Bruh. That's all I got to say. Damn. That's all I got to say. <sighs> all right, well, those, those are the bro picks for today. I was trying to think of a bruh pick while you was talking. There's no real crazy life bras that I'm can think of. Everything is throwing a blank. I don't know. Um, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm bruh pick for that. You know what, bruh pick for all that Birkin bag talk that was happening in the last two weeks. I'm gonna just bruh pick for that, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> if you don't buy me a Birkin bag, throw him all. Over. If if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's not worth knowing what I'm talking about. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Why? All right. That is our show, guys. Thanks for listening. And the YouTube comments or even SoundCloud comments, whatever. Yo, tell us what what how are you mentioning matching your 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 bootleg uh Dollar Tree Miami Heat starting five? 
Who, yes, who do you sir. have? Tell us what you have. Do you have do you have uh, Malachi Flynn with Smith with Barrett with Morris with Mitch? Do you have? Let, let us know. Put your combos in the chat. Let me know what you think. All right. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Dash Radio for housing us. Uh, sh- uh, shout out to um, our Twitter peoples on the Nick of Time Show. I mean, the KOT Show on Twitter. Shout out to our Instagram followers at the Nick of Time Show. Shout out to our blog, uh, the guys who read the blogs on thenickoftimeshow.com. Shout out to our writers. Um, shout out to our Facebook following at the Nick of Time Show. Definitely follow us on all those platforms and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. Yeah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And where can they find you, sir? Oh, wait, 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 wait. You can find me on Instagram, my bad, <laughs> at J Ellis Draws Things. That's J-E-L-L-I-S Draws Things. Now, where can they find you, sir? You can find me on IG at Sir G is Chillin'. Sir G is Chillin'. That is S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. That is right. That is our show. We are yes. out of here. Peace. <laughs>